Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. technical issues are, are uh, preventing us from uh, hearing ourselves, so hopefully this is coming up on uh, on Charlton Live. Um, I'm joined by uh, uh, Tom Wallet. Tom, very good evening to you. Evening, Terry. Ah, you're coming up. Am I? Oh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> and Lewis, Captain Lewis. How are you, my friend? Evening, Terry. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Oh, look at that. <laughs> we, we can hear you. So. We can hear you, Terry. <sighs> dear, oh dear. Anyway, uh, that aside... Um, we're here after uh, a, uh, a one-all draw with uh, Oxford United, and um, before we uh, get into the highlights and everything else, uh, guys, obviously uh, uh, your opinions are required, as is everybody's out there, so uh, if you want to tell us exactly how you felt, if you went to you, if you're one of the 1,500 or so that, that uh, went up to the Kassam Stadium, uh, then let us know. You can uh, tweet us as usual uh, and email us if you'd be so kind, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll read out your thoughts and get into a conversation about it. But, uh, gentlemen... Uh, you were both there, I believe. Yeah. So, um, your thoughts, please. You go first, Tom. No, you go. Oh, um, <laughs> well, um, I thought we set up uh, a, a little bit negative for my liking. 
um, I was sort of hoping we'd go to Oxford in, in search of three points after what was a good point on Tuesday night at Scunthorpe. Um, I thought maybe that would carry some confidence over to go and get a win at the Kassam, but uh, when you've got four centre-mids on the pitch at the same time and you've got one winger and big Josh McGuinness on his own, I didn't think it was... Uh, it didn't look like we were going for the win and it disappointed me a little bit and a lot of, a lot of people around me were sort of under, in the same uh, saying the same things um, I think you should, we should be going to, going to teams like that and going all out and, and being able to get a, get a win out of it but I don't know Tom would you think you're in the same as me yeah I think um, it's difficult and I don't I don't agree with the people that say because we're Charlton we should be smashing teams like Oxford because I think that comes across as disrespectful but what I do think is that we're a, a team that's aiming for promotion and aiming to finish in the top two. And if you're a team that wants to do that and you're coming up against a mid-table side, whoever they are, whatever their name is, you have to set up more attacking than that. Um, I think most people could see after five or ten minutes we were set up completely wrong. Um, Oxford really offered nothing. Rudd had very, very little to do except long-range shots. Uh, and I think if Slade had just changed it up and played the team that played the last 10 minutes I think we would have run out comfortable winners so yeah I'm you know I think we'll go on to talk about it in more depth and I do think Slade's the right man for the job but I was really disappointed in the way he set the team up yesterday yeah I mean it, it, it's a tough one that I mean I was trying to explain to Lewis exactly um, the feeling when I left Kassam Stadium was it was a strange one it really was I mean against Scunthorpe I came away from thinking we played really well at play, uh, most of it most of the game should have won, could have won, especially at the end with the uh, Jacko free kick. But I came away from um, because I was saying yesterday, thinking we had chances to win. Um, McGuinness's header right at the death, for example, where the keeper saved it. But we also looked very vulnerable, bizarrely. I, and, I, and I didn't get that at Scunthorpe, even though they're probably a better side and, mm-hmm. and created um, a few more chances than, than Oxford did. But they looked very dangerous on the break, and we just looked a little vulnerable at that and that surprised me a little. I mean, maybe that's because Pierce wasn't playing and, and Lennon stepped in for his first game and that's no disrespect to, to, to Lennon by the way I just think I don't know whether that was the reason for it but um, you know, I'm not one of these ones who thinks 4-5-1 necessarily is, is uh, a, a, de- a defensive or negative formation particularly because if you've got the right players in it it can be uh, it can be a, an ultra um, positive if, if the one turns into three going forward but you've got to have two wide players on there to do that and definitely two yeah, wide yeah. players on there to do that um, Adamola kept coming inside kept, um, which, which was frustrating me I don't think he had the best game yesterday Adamola uh, just kept coming inside maybe that's because he wasn't getting enough enough of the ball um, on the outside and, and bless him the skipper is not a wide left player we've, we've had this conversation not many times I think now yeah. that he's not the wide left player that we need in a 4-5-1 it was crying out for Matty Holmes and we played so much better when Matty Holmes came on. Uh, not Matty Holmes, Ricky Holmes. Matty Holmes, that's a long time. <laughs> Ricky Holmes came on. I thought we, we, had, we looked like our shape was better. Yeah, I think one of the other things we've said pretty much since the start of the season is Foley and Cross are the same player. So I completely understand why he played that formation at Scumthorpe and clearly it worked because, like you say, we soaked up any pressure that they gave and when we broke, we, we did look like creating chances. But with the greatest respect to Oxford, they're not Scumthorpe, they're not top of the league. They were a team that, as I say, after five or ten minutes, you could see we they were there for the taking if we exposed the, the, their defensive frailties, and we couldn't do it because we'd set up wrong. If you move, and by that, I don't just mean the formation, I do mean the tactics and the personnel. So if you move Jacko into the middle, you drop one of Foley or Cross, and you put either Bataka, who I'm crying out for to start a game, or Holmes in on the other opposite side to Lutman, 
you saw how dangerous we were in that second half. It was the same with the knockdowns. When we started playing at long to McGuinness yesterday, his knockdowns were going nowhere. And as soon as we introduced Novak and Holmes, suddenly his knockdowns were finding people and we were creating chances. But by then, he only changed it up at one all, And I don't understand really why one all was any different to nil-nil, other than the fact that we we were 1-0 up and then got a goal back. But at 0-0, it was the same problem and he didn't change it. And I found that really frustrating. I mean, obviously, we'll get on to the subject of uh, Russell Slade and uh, is it too early to start saying oh, uh, he's under pressure? Um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion he's been under pressure since a minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it so? Because you know, a lot of people say it's crazy to even think about uh, a manager being under pressure only, what, what are we, eight games in? Yeah. Um, and uh, I sort of agree with that, actually. Um, I think. Um, if I'm honest, I, I, I tend to agree with, with everybody in, in as much as that the, the substitutions have, have, have puzzled me a little bit. Um, I didn't understand why Nicky Judge didn't come on, if I'm honest. Um, I thought uh, Adam Ola looked, uh, looked tired probably and looked uh, a little bit out of it. Um, and not, not least because they were, they were smothering him. They knew he was a threat. And so, uh, I mean, there were glimpses. But um, he mm. was, because there were so many men around him, the first touch and got, got past his player, more often than not, there was at least one, possibly even two there to, to snuff it out straight after. And so he wasn't as effective. No, I mean, like you said, with Adamola, I think they oh, they obviously he was our main attacking threat yesterday because the rest of it was so defensive. Yeah. And and Oxford set up to to keep him at bay, and they did. And you know we did we said he had a bit of a, a bit of a quiet game yesterday, and I think that it genuinely is because there was so much pressure on him to be the the spark that created something mm. or scored um, that he just you know was a little bit. The, the advantage of setting up that way as well is though that if that's the case then you've got space elsewhere for the other players to exploit but when you've got Crofts and Foley who both want to sit back and you've got Jack who just hasn't got those legs anymore there's no one to exploit that space but as soon as if Lookman's got three people on him and he can get one pass away to one of those or Olverstad and then Holmes is the other side or Jose's there suddenly you've got lightning pace on the other side and they're a man or two short and that's how you beat teams like that I thought we started to do that in the second half yeah. of the first half we, we were sort of non-existent for the first 20 minutes I thought they, they were all over us first 20 minutes and then we settled into the game mostly by going through the middle rather than, rather than trying going out wide and I thought Wolverstead really came into the game after mm. that. I thought he was really good I thought he, looked, he did look really good actually I'll tell you we did some tweeting actually saying your mic's a bit quiet yeah it doesn't surprise me um, I've no idea what's happened because, uh, but I'll, I'll try and tweak it when we play the highlights but, um, and, and fiddle about so if you hear some fiddling about I apologise <laughs> uh, but yeah what's wrong with this one but uh, I'll, uh, I'll try and boost it and uh, Hopefully, be adding me better in, in 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 due course. But um, just going back to that, I'll try and shout a bit. Uh, just going back to that, I did think we were uh, very effective going through the middle where, because they were obviously set up to counter um, five men mm. in midfield and, and two wide players, and so their uh, their concentration almost was was down flanks. Uh, when we started playing it through the middle, we found all sorts of space. Uh, um, but uh, of course, when you're playing it through the middle, you need more than one up front. Yeah. And again, that was the problem because in the second half, when we had those two up front and the two wide men, okay, they were maybe still countering that wide men, but that gave Olverstad the chance to go to feet to both Novak and McGuinness. And when we started to do that again, we did look dangerous. But as I say, for me, it's the sort of game that we really should should have won. And uh, for me, it was the way we were set up that meant that we didn't. You know, I think it was kind of the same at Wimbledon. We didn't really change things up enough in that game to to hold out and win that one. With this one, I think we started wrong and and we never changed it again. And and they got back into it with a, a really good counter-attacking goal. It was great pace. It was something that we wanted to see for our own team. Um, and it was only after that that Slade decided to change things up. And then, as I say, we did look dangerous. But we shouldn't be waiting till till 80 minutes or till we're one all. We should be going like that from the start because we're a team that needs to win games 
because we've got that top two ambition. Right, we're going to play the uh, the highlights now uh, for you, and uh, in, in, in that period, I'll try and uh, sort my uh, sort the microphone out, and hopefully everything will be tickety boo. Back in a sec. Adam O'Lehman to take. Ball is into a good position towards Bauer. Bauer. Oh, handball. Oh, that's handball. It's a penalty. penalty. Handball against given against. Why on earth was he up there with his hand up there? I didn't see a push. I think it was Edwards or Wrangler, one of the two. It's a good whip free kick in from Adamo Lutman towards the back post. 500. Just trying to be told a stat by the groom about the last time we got awarded a penalty. Leads at home. It's the last one of my memory. Good lord. We're talking about it in the car on the way up here. It's a good free kick in from Adamo Lutman towards Edward. Patrick Bauer. And it looked like a little push from Bauer on the back of I'm not so sure. Edwards. I, maybe so, but I mean, he's complaining he was there was booked. a foul. I didn't see it was significant enough to make him do that. So initially, when the referee put, uh, blew up, I thought he was given a, a free kick. It's going to be a skipper to take the penalty. Johnny Jackson, 54th minute. Keith Stroud just waving Oxford players back. And Jackson left-footed. Just waiting to take, waiting for the referee's whistle. Keith Stroud just waiting himself. Blows out Johnny Jackson, left-footed. Goal yeah, for Tower! Johnny Jackson with the penalty. Sent the keeper the wrong way, placed it easy <laughs> down in the middle. The child have the lead. It's now the time to tell the stat that I think he'd missed three on the bounce before this one. Uh, penalty wise so uh, yeah, brave from the skipper to step up and take it because I don't think uh, he wanted he, I think he relinquished penalty duties after the last miss so uh, fair play to him for stepping up and wanting that one and uh, keeper went to the right and he just planted it down the middle does so but it'll drop to Lennon Lennon heavy first touch yeah, he's, he's taken hurts. out Circum and he could be off here what I get was though Terry before that John was so deep they're going for the they're going for the win. They've cleared the ball. No one pushed up with it. Oxford United players are surrounding the ref, trying to get uh, Lennon sent off here. And I'm not wouldn't be surprised because it, it is it is it was a, a rash challenge. He went for the ball, mistimed it, took out Circum, and Lennon second yellow card receives his marching orders. Well, two things we talked about before the game, Terry. It's our great discipline and how we haven't had a penalty for ages. It's happened <laughs> twice today. It's happened twice. Harry Lennon was second yellow card. It's a rash tackle, but that's all come from Charlton's own doing again. The long ball comes forward, Charlton clear, and don't push up. So there we are. Those were the highlights. So only all but brief. Um, I think uh, the uh, uh, recording up at the Kassam Stadium wasn't necessarily the best. And you might have guessed I've fixed the microphone. <laughs> I've tweaked. Uh, so hopefully you can hear me loud and clear now uh, because uh, Howard... Apparently it sounds like I was in the bath, <laughs> which anybody who knows me knows nonsense. <laughs> uh, but we'll leave that there. The guys in the studio have got my face masks and, uh, and uh, um, smelly stuff at the ready. Uh, so back to uh, to those. I mean, we missed their goal, which um, I, mean, I said I just thought I was very nervous yesterday, um, especially after they made the sub. Um, just trying to Hemmings was it? I think uh, they came on. Uh, yeah, Kane Hemmings who uh, they thought to, about starting because uh, their leading or one of their main strikers uh, was, was injured. So I'm pleased they didn't because when he came on, they suddenly started playing on the break a lot more than they were before. Well, certainly they were more effective playing on the break and he looked a threat when he came on the sub. And, that's, and when you think about it, that's, that's happened against FC Wimbledon and now uh, against, um, um, against Oxford United. Uh, and we looked like we couldn't cope with it when he came on. 
Um, we, we didn't look threatened or troubled before then, I didn't think. Not really. I mean, they had a few long shots, but they, they, they didn't really look like they were ever going to score. And he came on and just um, just changed the, the, the shape of the game for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to um, talk about it, really, because the way we set up was completely negative. And they did look dangerous when, when he came on. Um, but... I think I'd had too many beers to realise by this point. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah the best, <laughs> Tom's best for that one, I think. I've like, uh, won too many Jaegers. I do agree with you, Terry. I do think they look more dangerous when he did it. But again, I think that comes as a result of setting up so negatively. It allows them to do that. And I know that that, that five-man midfield is supposed to soak up a bit more pressure and, and act like that. But but because we had those those slow slower players in there, it didn't. And we didn't have any width to to make our own kind of counter-attacks. And I think I said it after the Wimbledon game, that if you bring on some wide players with a bit of pace, it automatically forces their wingers to go back and they have to be wary of your threat. Um, so you're almost, you know, it's a cliche, but the best form of defence is attack. And, and that was what not what we were doing. We got that goal and I think Slade then tr- wanted to protect it. But because we were playing a team who were mid-table, because we'd got ahead and in my opinion deservedly so you, you have to try and push for a second in this league you know we're not playing top of the championship we're playing someone in league one and we've come down to this level and we've got good players and players that are able to, to pick apart a team like that and we didn't do it and um, yeah they brought they made their change as you say same as Wimbledon they brought on the changes they kind of started to dictate the tempo of the game and by the time we then changed things up it was too late the penalty um I was getting a sign from uh, from the uh, media boys, um, and they were they were just they were just using their hands. So obviously, they didn't want to come out on the recording, so they were holding up five, then two, then four. It took me a while because I thought, "What are we changing formation? That's not allowed. <laughs> yeah. That's one too many players." Uh, so it took me a couple of went, Yes, I know. I'm thick. Uh, five hundred and twenty-four days since we had last last had a penalty. That's a shocking statistic, isn't it? That's crazy, isn't it? When you, when you think about that. I mean, I can't. They were talking about Leeds being the last one. I, I don't remember them. It I was don't funny remember when either. we were when we played Wimbledon the other day. Uh, there was no penalty shout that I can remember or anything like that, but I just happened to be thinking about penalties. It's, you just don't see them at Charlton. I don't know why, but we just never seemed to get them. So it was a surprise. It, I mean, you couldn't not give it. His hand was miles in the air. But yeah, we don't we don't get them very often. Maybe we we had them all in that one season when we had yeah. Johnny Byrnes. I think we had our, our fix of penalties in one season. So then, our, we, how many did he score? We've had our quota. Yeah. It was seven or eight at least. It was, I think. it was a decent number. Yeah. Um, but um, I, there was a, a, a lot of Oxford... Uh, especially the guy who, uh, who actually gave it away, it was uh, saying that he was pushed, and uh, and actually, um, Greg in the commentary thought that he might have been. Well, the, the, I, the, I didn't see it personally. I didn't, and I watched the highlights again today and saw it. But that's the only explanation for him having his hand that high because <laughs> I don't know why you'd jump with your arm in the air like that as a professional footballer. It was a great so, save. <laughs> yeah, my only thought is that he must have been pushed. But as I say, I didn't see it. But that but that would be the only reason mm, for but him his doing hand it. was up in the air anyway. So yeah. even if it had yeah, been pushed, it was a little bit why silly, was his hand in here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was, uh, but it was more shocking that uh, um, the uh, Keith Stroud gave it. Yeah, because he just continued uh, in the vein of bizarre refereeing uh, that was just, uh, it just you did, nothing that was ridiculously awful, but just lots of bizarre just little bizarre. decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he had a, a fairly quiet game for you, Keith yeah, Stroud. Well, to be fair, in comparison, right, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it does fill you with dread when you see his name. <laughs> yeah, there were plenty of people commenting around us when when we saw that he was going to be refereeing it. Yes, it uh, doesn't bode well. We're going to uh, we're going to get to your emails and your tweets. Don't worry, uh, tweet us at Charlton Live, and uh, if you want to email a studio. Uh, CharltonLive.co.uk. We'll get to them. Uh, everybody's comments very shortly. We want to hear from uh, from Russell Slade first. Uh, this is what um, Russell Slade had to say after the game. Russell, one all draw with Oxford today. What did you make of that? 
Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was a good game. I think that that's a decent side that we played today. Um, I thought they took the ball well at times, and I thought we took the ball very well. Um, kept good possession. Um, there weren't too many chances in the first period, but the chances that came fell to us. I thought it was a really strong performance from that point of view. Managed to get the goal after half-time. Um, Well-taken penalty from, from uh, Jacko. Um, and they've equalised a little bit out of the blue, if I'm honest. Um, they counted on us, which we said is one of their threats, which we didn't do. It's a question of keeping the balance, really. We didn't do that well enough, keep the balance at the back. And decisions then to whether to press or to, how to deal with the ball. Um, but then we still kept going forward. We had a couple of good opportunities to wrap the game up, particularly with Josh McGuinness. It was a fantastic save by Eastwood. Did you feel like you were going to hold on once, once you got your, your noses in front? I was not thinking about holding on, really. I was just thinking about, you know, trying to, uh, j j just trying to win the football match. We made changes in the game to stay progressive, to try and get that win, um, which we have done in the last two away games against two, you know, two of the stronger sides in this league. And, um, you know, I, j I just think the strong performances without bringing home the points. Uh, Harry Lennon made his first start of the season and he got, he got sent off towards the end. What did you make of his performance today? Yeah, I thought he was steady enough. I think it takes a little bit of time to, to settle in again. Um, dust the cobwebs away and, and, and start playing, you know, in a, in a fluent way. And decision-making, the more you play, the better that gets. And I, I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was comfortable. But... Um, you know, it was a little bit rash, the second one, particularly after he's had the yellow. So, you know, he left the referee no alternative, really. It's good to see Holmes and Novak fit again back, back in the side. They're important players for your team. Yeah, they are. Um, Ricky's had this back spasm, as you know, and um, he's, um, he's been limited the amount of training that he's done. But um, he looked a threat again. As I say, we, we were going there to try and win the game when he came on. And um, he, got, he, got, he had a chance himself, which just went past the post and a couple of opportunities to get the ball in for us. Uh, Jason Pierce as well. I understand he had a head injury. Do you know if it's, if it's much? If it's yes, no, no. It's like a mild concussion, which means we have to follow protocol and um, makes him unavailable in the short term. Um, obviously, with all the positives that you can take from the, from the last few games, you, you'll, you'll have at the back of the mind it's just a, a few games now without a win. Is that something that you, you'll turn around? Yeah, to see? yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. If, if we keep performing like that, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that um, you know we can we can turn the the draws into wins and climb the table. And the chance to do that against Oldham on Tuesday. Yeah, we have three games now. Three games at home, including the cup game. So uh, that'll be nice because we've had two tough games away from home. Strange game in many ways, Russell. Going forward, uh, and uh, build-up play was superb at times, and looked like we were going to score goals. But as you mentioned, the breakaways from from an Oxford side looked really threatening on on the counter attack. Yeah, no, you're absolutely. You've summed it up right. I thought we took the ball really well. I thought we dominated the middle of the park um, in periods uh, against a team that liked to do that themselves. Bear in mind, but. Um, yeah, we got suckered from that situation. Um, with it, with it broke out on us, they sprung out on us quickly. We, we, we talked about that being one of their threats, and we needed to. You need to understand what you leave behind when we go forward. You need to also understand what you leave behind because in that transition, when that ball turns over, um, teams can be a threat, and that's exactly what they've done to us today. They've suckered us really on that. 
But you must be pleased with uh, bringing on uh, Lee Novak and Ricky Holmes after after them being out and the uh, contribution that they made to the to the to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is positive because the, 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 they're good players in their own right, uh, and and it's nice from from my point of view that, that we've got those options available. Very good travelling support. Uh, must be disappointed that we couldn't turn uh, a draw into. Yeah, they, they were very loud and vocal and got right behind the team. And um, you know, uh, once again we've been pegged back late on, but. Um, the, the signs are still, I think, really promising. Um, there's, a, there's a confidence growing, there's a belief going. Um, we're trusting each other with the ball better, um, and we're starting to show combinations of play. Um, we got Ricky back now, we got Novak back as well, so um, that augurs well for the near future. And Jason Pearce, you mentioned his concussion. Is he in the frame for, for Tuesday night? Well, we have to, as I say, we have to follow the protocol. So it's each day at a time, he has to. It's like a, it's a test. Um, I'm not sure he'd pass it if he was well, but um, he's still, got, he's still, um, he, he still has to answer these questions, and, and some of it involves maths and other other things. Um, so, um, Percy found it a bit of a struggle, but obviously, he, he, but his score was sore as well. In all fairness, he's going to kill me after this. In the <laughs> well, if you can get the crib sheets ready, we'll like to see him on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. So anyway, that was Russell Slade uh, after the uh, after the Oxford game, uh, and I did ask him about uh, about Pierce, and as you heard, he said um, uh, he has to take tests to prove he hasn't got concussion, and um, that's, <laughs> it depends what tests they are, doesn't it? I mean, if it's, yeah. it's, apparently it's maths and all sorts. He might not have been good at maths at school. Yeah, well, struggle to have done plenty it. Plenty of footballers <laughs> that would struggle with that. Well, yeah, and and I'm going to come to this in a minute. And I want this. Uh, this is this is going to be for after we've discussed about the football. So think about this, uh, everybody listening. There in the program in the Oxford United program yesterday, there was uh, uh, a question and answer session with Liam Serkham, who was their midfield player. Actually, I thought we had a half decent game yesterday for them. Uh, but um, I'm just going to read out uh, a few of these. Uh, but uh, basically. It's the general gist of exactly how this went, right? So, uh, are you a good cook? Average. That's probably the most insightful answer in the whole lot. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Which t- uh, do you prefer a gym workout or going for a run? Neither. Which team do you support? Nobody. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Can you play a musical instrument? No. Can you speak a foreign language? No. What's your favourite music act? Don't have one. So, basically, um, actually, the other thing is, what superpower would you like? Invisibility. I've got a fair suspicion that Liam Sergan's fairly invisible in the, uh, in the dressing room anyway, given, by, given his answers. Uh, does your star sign matter? Ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I mean, basically, you must be a laugh a minute, really, this fella. So, uh, and bear in mind what uh, Russell, Slade, uh, Russell Slade said about, uh, um, bless him, Jason Pierce not being able to answer the questions even when he's well. Uh, just uh, if you know of any uh, uh, Charlton pl- players specifically, I suppose, but uh, who outstandingly thick, I think is uh, or dull. Uh, so if you've got any of those, any candidates for the dullest football <laughs> player ever, then uh, let us know here. I've Charlton not got player. a Charlton one, but I've got one. Go on, we can tell. Uh, we'll, we'll oh no, later. We'll save yeah. it. Okay, we'll save it later. We've <laughs> also got uh, the interview, an interview with uh, Charlton goalkeeper Declan Rudd coming up uh, as well, which uh, which is uh, quite interesting, I think. But. Um, We've got uh, emails and tweets as well, but given Russell Slade's answers there, do you think, um, as I mentioned before, um, do you think it's right uh, that, um, I mean, some fans are also already saying it, as you would expect, I suppose, but do you think uh, he should be under pressure? Um, no, I don't. I think look, he's he's so much better than what we've had, and realistically, he's so much better than what we could have got this year as well. Um, I do want to give him time. Um, what, what concerns me is... Uh, it's, 
and I'm not going to directly compare us to Man United here, but oh, oh good. <laughs> but when Moyes took over at Man United, I remember him saying things in press conferences. Like I remember before a Liverpool game once at Old Trafford, and he said, "Oh, this is going to be a tough game." And he he started to talk like a mid-table manager when he was managing one of the better clubs in the league. And that's that's the feeling I get here. As fans, we're expecting him to come out and say, "Do you know what? That's not good enough. We we came here to win, and we didn't get it." And I'm really frustrated. But instead, he's coming here and. He is giving Oxford credit, and rightly so, because their goal was good. But we want to hear a bit more fight and a bit more spirit of a manager who's, who's looking at those top two places. And at the moment, I don't get that from him. Um, I want to give him time. He's still building his side. He's clearly following a philosophy of drawing away and winning at home. Um, and we said after Fleetwood, if we then go and beat Wimbledon, then we'll look at Fleetwood as a good point. And then we didn't. So in a week's time if we've beaten Oldham and we've beaten Rochdale I'll look back and I probably won't be so fussed about the Oxford result but there's no guarantee we're going to win those two games and and that's my worry I think um, I've got a question on, based on that then um, I, I saw and, and this is not necessarily my, of my own making because I saw a tweet a couple of tweets um, in the last uh, few days that have alluded to this uh, last time we were in League One it took us what four seasons I think to, to get out last time we were here um, Two issues there. One, of course, this is still probably, I think uh, somebody also tweeted out uh, that this is the worst start mm. that we've ever had since uh, all the times we've ever been in yeah. either League One or Division Three, whichever way you look at it. But um, bearing in mind that we're, it took us four seasons to get it last time, do you think that uh, because of the position the club is in, uh, in terms of uh, the, uh, the off field activities and shenanigans, is there more pressure about uh, expectations, etc., uh, etc., et on, on uh, Russell Slade and, and the team than the other was would be? I, th- I actually think this time that there is, yeah. Um, it's, it's more that you, they've come out at the start of the season and, and said about top six budgets. And, well, that, that didn't help. Like that. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so people are going to be looking at it as, as that we should be uh, going for it. The way the way to look at it as well is that when we were down there last time, we were with the likes of Leeds, the likes of Norwich, Sheff- you know, Sheffield Wednesday were down there, Sheffield United who are still down there. But now you're looking at immediate rivals for a promotion nearest to us in terms of size. You're looking at Sheffield United. And they haven't had the greatest start. I know they're up there now, but the top the top two is Scunthorpe and Berry, and you, you wouldn't have thought that at the start of the season. When you look at it, and the playoffs are made up of you know, I think even Northampton are up in the playoff spots at the moment. They've to, you know they were basically on the brink of not existing not long ago. So I think the the pressure this time is is massive because I, and I, Tom said to me earlier I don't like I don't like saying that we're this you know Charlton, we're Charlton we should be beating anybody. It's it's different and it's it's hard to get out of leagues like this. But at the same time, on paper the the team we have there and the players we have, we should be looking at the top six. And the fact we're in sixteenth at the moment, as early as it is, is a little bit. Uh, you know I think we're sort of blowing on what 60% at the moment mm. I think we're starting to run out of games as well where we can say oh it's just early season so obviously mm. the first few we've said oh you know the table it doesn't really t- tell us anything at this stage I still think we're just about on the edge of that but as I say next couple of games if we win them then fine but if we don't you know we're starting starting to get into the you know the early to middle part of the season and and then the table does start to tell the truth and you know we're down in whatever we are 16th or wherever for a reason we, we've drawn too many games we haven't won enough and as I say the reason that we seem to be drawing those is because for me we're playing too negatively um, we're not being brave enough we're not 
not playing attacking enough football in the majority of, of games and, and that's what I find frustrating. Um, I think going back to your original question, I think, yeah, there is more pressure because fans are so unhappy with everything that's going on off the pitch that, you know, this is the the one saving grace would be, right, if we can just get that promotion at least. And, and like Lewis says, the fact that they told us we had that top six budget at the start, they've made a rod for their own back now because fans are going to hark back to that and say, well, we're not top six. So what what does that matter? Another thing to look at as well is with the season we did go up, people were worried that we weren't going to gel because they, he, Chris Powell brought in so many players. So if anything, there, there wasn't really much expectation that season. So And now we're looking at players where we've brought in the likes of Nicky Jose, who was, what, second top scorer in the division last year. You're looking at Ricky Holmes, who was fantastic for Northampton. These, these threatening players that we're bringing in, um, where before we didn't know how they were all going to gel. I suppose it's a similar situation now, but from what we've had in terms of managers, and now we've, now we've got a manager, not a coach, and it's Russell Slade, who's got experience in League One and across the Football League. People are going to look at it and think, I would fancy Charlton now because they've had this patch of, of coaches. We've got, they've got the experience in that the fans have been shouting for. They've brought in players with knowledge and experience in the English divisions. We should be fancying them. But at the moment, we're not really you know, living up to those expectations. Fans aren't prepared to be as patient with this regime as they would be previously. When we have Powell in, like Lewis says, with the players he brought in and with Chris Powell at the helm, and I don't want to compare the two necessarily... But you look at that and you think, right, let's give him time. You know, He's a massive person at this club. He's brought in a lot of players. Let's just see what happens. But I think now, with everything that's gone over over the past few few years since Roland took over the club, people aren't prepared to give them that time now and people are going to start asking questions a lot more quickly. And that's what's happening. So what are your thoughts? Uh, let us know, studio at chartonlive.co.uk or tweet us. Uh, we're going to go through a few of the match um, uh, tw- uh, emails first, if I can. One from Chris Devon. Thanks, Chris. Uh, one day, I'm going to email the Charlton Live crew with news of joy and happiness. I will, honest. Not today, though. <laughs> uh, yet another game without a win. Automatic seems already beyond reach. A 1-1 Oxford, uh, unacceptably poor team selection set up uh, not to lose, as far as Mr Slade is concerned. Decent result. But Taka must be fuming not to get at least one start. It's not as if we're winning, is it? Winning, I kind of remember when that happened. It's been a while now, five games since. Two wins all season is all we have to show from nine games. I'm pretty sick of this rubbish. We are served up week in, week out, and the excuse is made. It's our worst start since I don't know when. Even the clowns known as Peters and Luzon manage better. Now it's the mighty Oldham at an empty valley on Tuesday, then way overpriced football for a fiver versus Rochdale next Saturday. Surely it's six points from those two. Not that I'm banking on it, which is sad, as we should be turning over most of this league. Another depressing weekend as a CFC fan. Bring back the beach balls. That's from Chris. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about the Oxford, uh, the Oldham and uh, Rochdale games coming up um, in in a short while. But uh, uh, and, and you know, Chris is someone who, uh, who basically thinks oh, we should be beating Oxford. And uh, I don't, I, I understand the sentiment completely, uh, obviously. But I'm wondering whether or not um, our expectations should be as high as they are. Yeah, with that as well, you know, yes, we were two divisions apart. I'm playing last devil's advocate well, here a bit, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, what were we two divisions apart last season? But they're a team that have just been promoted to League One for potentially the first time, first first time in a long time. I'm not too sure, but so I mean they're in a completely different mindset to us. Um, it's a good for them, you know, getting a getting a result like that is is great. And I, I get where I get where he's coming from in terms of we should, on paper we should be beating teams like that, but uh, in reality I think there's two completely different mindsets and atmospheres around either club. So uh, that probably plays a part in it as well. For me, I think. I think 
we have to kind of forget that it, it was Oxford. If we just call them Team B and us Team A, yeah. we're a team that's looking for promotion. I don't know what their aims are. I would guess that they're not looking at top two. So whoever we're coming up against, be it Team B, Team Z, Team whatever, we have to think, we have to write our own agenda and not say let's give loads of respect to Oxford because of what they can do and let's say no, we're going to go out and dictate this game. We're going to play an attacking 4-5-1 or we're going to play 4-4-2 with two strikers and we're going to dictate the game. Just because we're away from home doesn't necessarily mean we can't do that because we showed in the last 10 minutes that when we did play that football yesterday we were creating the chances and we were starting to dominate the game. Um, and we and we didn't do that enough. So, as I say, no, none of this is disrespect to Oxford as a club at all. Um, it's just that with our mentality, if we're looking at being a top two side in this division, we have to take any of the teams we come up against, be it Millwall, Sheffield United, some of the bigger clubs, and we have to say we're going to go out there and try and win this game. And that's not what we did. Do you think that we have that mindset as a team? No, I don't think we do just yet. Um, as I say, I think some of that is coming from Slade because the way he talks, he, he seems too happy with the, the way results are going at the moment. I understand, obviously, he's having to manage up and down at the moment and it's it's obviously a tough job. I don't know if it's tougher than he perhaps expected, but he's got a huge amount of rebuilding to do. But I don't think that they have that mentality yet. I think after two or three wins, if we can get them, they might start to feel that and it might just be a confidence thing. It might just be that they're still gelling, but that's the, that's the mentality we need if we're going to go up and, I, and I'm not sure we've got it just yet. With all that uh, said, uh, uh, most of which I agree with, by the way, uh, the, um, the fine lines are that if, uh, if the skipper's free kick had sneaked in the other side of the post away at Scunthorpe and if uh, McGuinness's header had gone in, apart from a, a very good save yeah. at the end uh, against Oxford, we'd now be talking about two wins, wouldn't we? It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a fine line. It is. It is fine margins, but I don't... It's difficult because, again, I don't want to take disrespect to get against those other clubs, but... We we don't want to be relying on fine margins. We we want and we're not gonna we're not gonna beat every team and sweep every team aside like we did with Shrewsbury, but we can dominate games better than we have been doing because I know Shrewsbury were fairly poor, but we we've shown that we can do that. The Wimbledon game on the whole we dominated for seventy five odd minutes until they made those changes. We've shown we can do it. With some of them maybe it is just a case of getting that extra goal and that's maybe the luck not going our way. But we we can't be relying on that. We're, uh, we're going to uh, play Declan Rad in a second. I've got uh, a couple more emails. Uh, I'm sure we've got some tweets as well uh, yep. flying in. Uh, Daniel Farmer's emailed us in. Was at the Oxford game. Um, thanks, Daniel, by the way. Was at the Oxford game. So upset with Slade in the performance. Midfield too deep. Not supporting McGuinness enough. And when Lookman came, comes off and Jackson plays right wing, well, that was it for me. Jacko cannot keep playing on the wings. Need him in the middle. If we do not take six points from the next uh, two games, then Slade can go. His performance and results have not been good. At, uh, no better than Fry, to be honest. Anyway, let's hope one day we can talk about Charlton in a positive light. Thanks, guys. Uh, amen to that, by the way, that last bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we, we touched on that as well. I mean, uh, the skipper, is, uh, it's great to have him back, by the way, and, um, although he needs to uh, work on two things. One, obviously, he needs to get his free kicks on target, and secondly, his knee slides. He needs to have a word with that groundsman, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Ask him to water that corner a bit more at half-time. <laughs> he said, apparently, uh, after the game, there wasn't enough dew on it. Yeah, I don't think there was. <laughs> so, cause, uh, that, I, I don't know if you, if you remember the highlights. I giggled at the end because I saw him try the knee slide and then just, then just roll instead. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to do, knee sliding, especially, mm. I mean, you know, I'd never even attempt it. I don't think I ever would have attempted it, even as uh, uh, even when I played. Uh, knee sliding after goal celebrations, I don't think it was invented then. Especially trying knee slide on a Sunday football pitch as well. Mm, Can you imagine no, how, how bad that would be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, any uh, any tweets coming in? Uh, yeah, um, we've got a tweet in from Stuart Court. Uh, he says, negative formation for 70 minutes. Needs to be more positive. Let teams worry about us and not worry about them. 
um, and see what other game related treats we've got on here lots of them really about us our technical glitches to be honest with you okay <laughs> yeah sorry about that. going through these <laughs> let's have a look what else we got there we go Lewis Wheeler um, Slade going one up top against Oxford McGuinness is isolated Slade subs are so mistimed plus he's negative and defensive um, and Daniel um, at Forever CAFC makes a good point as well he said could have been one nil down if Rudd hadn't pulled off a cracking save when you watch the highlights, they had some really good chances. Now, the, I'd like to talk about the cracking save. I didn't mention it. Uh, you'll um, you'll hear the interview in a second. Uh, I didn't mention it, and then um, Louis did uh, afterwards because I didn't think it was a cracking save. If I'm honest, um, he saved it, but he, it was straight at him. He couldn't get out of the way of it, and even if he'd have tried, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't I didn't tag it as a great save necessarily, uh, other than that it was, I'd, I'd sort of sort of see that as a as a as a random as a sort of run of the mill positioning uh, correct type save rather than outstanding because he didn't have to really vault across to the left and tip it around the post or anything did he no, whereas their no. keeper right at the end from the McGuinness save did exactly that was that. a cracking save <laughs> that was a good save so um, uh, yeah I may be doing him a disservice but I did that, that, I mean, you'll see you'll hear it in a second uh, Tasha Everett uh, has um, emailed us in thanks Tasha hi guys I enjoyed our visit to the Kassam Stadium yesterday despite the questionable tactics formation and extremely questionable stewarding however I thought I'd, uh, it'd be worth pointing out the sudden surge of people <coughs> switching from supporting card last season to being completely against them uh, and even aggressive towards them and their supporters on social media and in real life uh, is it really a good idea to force another divide within our club in addition to the one between the fans and the owners? Uh, cards demonstrations aren't everyone's cup of tea, of course, but they uh, truly have all the fans' best intentions at heart, and the abuse seems unnecessary and bizarre when the real enemy here is Roland, etc. Would love to hear your guys' views. Uh, thanks, Tasha. Well, uh, before I, I, I bring the other two guys in, I've, I've been on record on here and on many places as saying that um, we need as a fan base to stick together. I mean, through all this stuff... The one thing that uh, got us back together the last time uh, we were in turmoil was the fans as one, not as individual pockets, not as uh, them and us. The fans as one came together. And, and if you know, if we do anything at all in the coming years, because I do believe it might take um, a few years to get uh, to get us back where where we think we want to be um, as fans. By the way, not necessarily in, as league position. I'm not talking about league position. I'm talking about as a fan, uh, as a club, uh, and its fan base. I think um, if we are going to get back uh, to that level, we all have to be as one. Uh, yeah. Or at least, mm. uh, look, it's, no, nobody's going to agree with everybody. There's always going to be people who have a... I mean, you only have to take a look at the game yesterday. I mean, Lewis was, uh, was talking about it before we come on out. You know, there are people who have wildly different views of how the game played. I, I, I watched some of the tweets uh, yesterday, and I couldn't believe what I was reading, because it certainly wasn't the game I was watching, but that's how they perceive it. Like probably and, mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's their view, and you've got to understand that. So mm. I think the most thing we really need to understand is everybody is supporting the club in their own way uh, uh, and doing it in their own, uh, in their own method uh, to what they believe is best. It may not be what you believe to be the best way, but you've just got to understand that that's, that's their belief and it's in their heart and that's what they truly believe. So just understand it. You don't have to agree with it. Just understand it. And you don't have to uh, fly down somebody's throat because they have a different opinion to yours. Just understand it so we can all go forward as one. And, that's what we, and we really need to. If we're, gonna, if we're really going to get this uh, back to where we want it to be, we've got to be forward as one. Even if we, and, and, and it means tolerating somebody's views who you might not necessarily agree with. That might be difficult, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I accept I mean, that. I completely agree with Tasha, to be honest. Um, and like you, like you say, Tell, every everyone uh, will support Charlton in a different way. But the end, the end game for everybody is is what's best for the club. Um, and ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. 
It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, some people aren't aren't going to be too keen on the on the card things, but car, that is card's way of making a statement. If you don't like it, they don't they don't force people to be involved. Um, so I don't think there should be any anything bad said about Card. I think they've only ever done it with the best interests of, of Charlton fans at heart, and everyone knows their end game, and it's raised the profile of of any protest and any demonstration. Um, and like I mentioned to you off air yesterday, I, I had a little moan to my friend about the formation, and then someone turned around and told me if I if I supported the team and telling me to shut up, which was uh, a little bit steep, really, because I think halfway through the game he was saying exactly the same thing back to me. So <laughs> I don't quite get it, but. Uh, yeah, everyone's got to stick together. Um, Charlton are a, a community club and they're known for it and we've got some of the greatest fans in the world so you're, you're better keeping them keeping them all together. You don't need any more divides, as Tasha said. Well, shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Um, <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got a Declan Rudd coming interview and I think, uh, I think we'll probably get through that now and, and discuss what... Uh, the, pick the bones out of what Declan Rudd had to say after the game yesterday. Declan, one all draw here at uh, the Kassam Stadium against Oxford. Uh, how did you see that? Um, I thought we dug in, we battled well. Um, they're, they're a good team going forward, um, moved the ball around well. And After a, a tough game on Tuesday night with a big journey back, I thought the lads dug in well, um, showed some real spirit. Um, when we went 1-0 up, it was always going to be tough to, to keep the lead with them pushing on. But um, even after they got the goal, um, I thought we, we battled well, we got stuck in and come away with a, a very valuable point. You had to, you had to make a couple of uh, what you probably call yourself as, as routine saves during the game uh, and from the outside looking in, certainly as a Charlton fan anyway, it looked like they were, they were the most potent when they were breaking. How, how's a goalkeeper do you try and uh, manage that? Um, you've just got to stay switched on. Um, communication, organisation to try and stop it but if, if you can't stop it, stay switched on and just hope that your defenders uh, get the block in or get the tackle in so you don't have nothing to do. And uh, today the lads recovered well, and other than the goal, they were they were they were solid and um, didn't really give them too much. You've come into a side that uh, has had to change the centre half pairing yeah. uh, a fair bit this season. How's that been? Uh, how have you been able to cope with that? Um, you you like to keep it the same. You like to build relationships in a in a defence between the three of you. Um, but I think every single centre half has played is is deserved of the shirt. They're all top class centre halves for this level and. Um, everyone's fighting for it and um, I think everyone's done well I thought um, Len come in today and done really well I thought it was a bit unfortunate to get sent off at the end there I thought he put in a really solid performance and he was strong Pat's done really well the last two games since he's come in um, and I think Piercy was quite a big loss for us today but um, 
like I said, they've all done well. And even Ezri, who started the season, he played really well, and he's unlucky not to be in the team. So there's, there's four centre-halves there playing for two positions, and all of them are doing well. A few games now since, uh, since a win, uh, quite a few draws in the season so far. Is the dressing room still confident that uh, we can turn some of these draws into victories? I think you're coming away from games with draws where you're feeling like you should win the game, which is a good sign. Um, we're coming out of games thinking, oh, we should have had the three points today, um, which is better, f better than thinking, oh, we held on there and sort of could have lost. But um, the, the goals will come. Uh, the main thing is shoring up at the back and, and uh, building a good, strong spine in the team and um, trying to stop the, the silly goals that maybe we was conceding at the beginning of the season. And um, we're starting to do that now, and then we can start to build on scoring the goals. But um, the main thing is tightening up and making sure we keep the back door shut. Coming Charlton for the first time this season, obviously uh, joining us. Uh, have you found it, first of all, you're settling in, and secondly, do you have any personal ambitions for the season? Yeah, well, I've, for, uh, the first day I got here, I um, felt like I'd been here, been here for ages. I mean... The, the group here is really good. It's a really tight-knit group, considering they've all been put together this season, basically. Um, and I think we, we've started well, considering there was eight, nine new players in the starting lineup from last season. And um, that's always hard to get back, get going in the season when there's so many new players, a new manager, new systems. And um, I think our start is okay. We we could have picked up more points, but um, going forward, I think we're starting to build a. A, a strong team and um, looking into the future I'm, we're all really confident and um, we know we've got the ability in the team to push on Game's coming thick and fast you've got another one Tuesday um, yeah, how are you coping with uh, two games a week? Yes it's, uh, it's good it's actually better when they keep coming because you just get in a routine and you just keep going and um, as a footballer you just want to play games and um, that's, that's the good thing with this league there's plenty of games to be played and um, the run we're on at the minute um, more, the more games the better because we, we're starting to build partnerships and like I said a, a new team being put together um, is, a, is perfect when you've got a lot of games because you start to really learn from each other and get, get close together. Well, congratulations on performances so far. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, Tal mentioned some routine saves. There was one blinding save uh, in the first five minutes or so from that close header. Important to, to keep him out especially early on like that. Yeah, no. Was, um, to be honest I think he's just headed at me. Um, <laughs> but the main thing is, like, it, it didn't go in the back of the net, um, and we, we, I thought, like I said, on the main, we defended well and didn't really give them too much. They had a couple of shots from outside the box, but um, we defended our box well and um, kept them out other than the goal. You don't get carried too too carried away with with no wins in five with when the performances aren't you know aren't too bad. No, like I said, if we was playing games, hanging on for our lives to stay in them and coming away with a point, thinking we've been battered today then it'd be worrying but I, I can't really see a game where we've come away from it thinking oh we we were really outplayed today I'd, I'd say most games have come off the pitch thinking we should have won that game we deserve to win that game but you just need to put the gut balls in the back of the net at the other end Declan Rudd there talking uh, post-Oxford uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm glad he agreed with me about that routine, so I'm going to stop straight out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, uh, what, what do you make of Declan Rudd? I mean, I don't know whether he's, he's sort of uh, coming at, he's sort of below the radar, because he hasn't really made any mistakes, has he? So uh, uh, um, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't courted any sort of controversy or opinion, uh, just a steady goalkeeper. Yeah, I quite like him, to be honest. Um, I, like, I like how commanding he is. Um, 
in terms of actually coming for the ball. I always feel like we've a, a couple of keepers we've had previously were always quite hesitant in actually coming out and getting the ball. They were sort of glued in the in the six yard box. But um, he seems commanding. He's, he's got pretty good distribution. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a keeper that you know he was playing some Premier League football last year, and I think we've done quite well to get hold of him. And I, th- I think it's a really good, really good addition and an important addition because it's going to make that that back line even safer defensively. I think we we're pretty sound. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with him. I, um, yeah, decent. Any tweets uh, worth mentioning? I've got a, another couple of emails. We'll go through later. Uh, yes, we've got. Uh, tweet here uh, from Lewis Wheeler again actually um, saying if we don't win our next two games um, Oldham at home who haven't won in six and Rochdale is Slade the man to take us up Ooh, jury's out on that one I think yeah, <laughs> bit, uh, I think it's a bit, a bit early but I, I, I see what Lewis is saying I mean, Oldham I think me and Tom are just checking where they are it's second bottom in the league But my worry would be that if it's not him it's not like we're going to get anyone better yeah. I think if they choose to get rid of him it's going to be for some somebody we, we're not that keen on. I don't think they're going to then seek out someone who's got any more experience than him. As I say, I think it remains to be seen exactly what he's going to do with this team. But at the moment, unfortunately, or or fortunately, depending how you look at it, I think he's the best we've, we're going to get at this stage. Yeah, and I think we, there may have to be a little bit of... Um, uh Understanding of where we've been for the last couple of years, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you know, compared to what we've had, um, I think um, breath of fresh air certainly. And the stories yeah. we're hearing about him standing up to the regime and and you know taking control of the club and just the fact that he's a manager, not a coach. I think all of that bodes really well. He's got experience in this league. As I say, on the whole, I want to give him time because I think he, he's proven himself that he has been a good manager. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it will, will obviously remains to be seen what happens, but I think at the moment he's he's the right man for the job. Looking at um, well, we'll get, we'll get on to older minute. There's more. Uh, I'm sure there's more tweets. Uh, to yeah, go. we've got one from uh, CAFC Chris seven zero. Um, he said, "Is it that other teams raise their game against us, or are we just a bit poor and being sussed out? Perhaps a bit obvious." I suppose people see us as a scout, don't they? Yeah, uh, I, I think that is certainly the case um, when teams come to the valley. I suspect. Um, Oxford less so I and mean, the stadium's a strange one uh, three sides and, and uh, one end completely open uh, it's, um, is always a bit a bit weird but the three sides that are there are, are generate a decent enough atmosphere although um, I didn't think they started singing until we scored really no no, no, no I didn't either uh, very quiet until uh, the game got um, game opened up a bit when we scored yeah well, we, got, we got four tweets uh, in a row from Pete Superaddict so cheers Pete um, he says week in week out just doesn't seem to be getting much better. Are we aiming for mid-table? Are we going to be satisfied with a relegation scrap where we finish 19th and call that a decent season? Bring back Guy Lewis and all is forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, steady. Yeah, that's not decent. Bob's turn next, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Can't yeah. Sk- you can't skip the roundabout. I did see a, t- a tweet, um, uh, just in- interjecting there, I did see a tweet a couple of weeks ago where I'm trying to think who sent it now, and I apologise for, for if you're listening, that it, if it was you and I don't remember, but um, the tweet was something like, if you... Employ a League One manager, which I'm not sure whether you can call Russell Slade that or not, but if you employ a League One, League one manager and um, sign League One players... Mm, I remember this tweet. Uh, ...are you then in danger of becoming uh, just a middle-of-the-road League One side? Mm. I don't know if that's fair or not, but it's uh, it's an interesting point. It's certainly a way of looking at it, and as I say, the way Slade's talking at the moment, it seems like he, he's happy with things. I don't know if that's because he's still gelling this side and still finding out what his best formation and setup is, or whether he really is happy with it. I'd suspect not, because I suspect he wants those those top two places as much as the rest of us. So I'm hoping that he's perhaps just sort of 
slowing down expectations. Obviously, he the whole top six budget thing was out of his control. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't have said it. So, yeah, uh, it's it's certainly a point of view that I think people could argue because that is what we've done. But you know, there's nothing to say that any of the other sides that are in this division have done anything any different. Um, so, no, I think I think that this squad is is more than capable of getting to those top two positions. Any other tricks? Yes, uh, Mario made a good point when we were talking about teams that were down with us last time. Um, Southampton were down there. Of course, I, for- I forgot about that. Yeah, um, look where they are now. Done very well. Um, Lisbon nine seven oh seven says fans must not lose sight of the fact that under Roland we're being set up to drop to League Two and move from the Valley. Well, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, Bob Lipscomb says. Um, what was the skipper's victory role all about, albeit a bit premature? Yeah, Mark Wilson's emailed us in on that subject. He said, I've just seen Jacko's knee slide. There's only two words for it, straight red. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lewis Wheeler, um, again, actually, he says, Slade came over clapping at the end like we'd just drawn 1-1 with Man United at Old Trafford. A few boos aimed at him too. I, that did happen, and I was mm. a bit annoyed about that. because I think it's very too early too. That is, yeah. I mean, right. actually, I, um, I don't think any of you two guys were at Scunthorpe. Uh, Ross Slade actually went over to the fans and not just over to clap he went over and shook hands with about right. uh, 20 or 30 of them which I thought was a great touch I think uh, as I say I think it's a breath of fresh air particularly compared to what we've had I think he's done the right thing in coming over I understand why people were frustrated because I think people like I think me and Lewis have made it pretty clear we thought that we could go and win that game um, I don't agree that he should have been booed but um, yeah obviously people have got the right to do it but I, I do think it's early for that because you know he's he's got the best interests of the club at heart it seems and towards the end of that game he did do it i think probably when he goes home he'll admit that he maybe got things slightly wrong in terms of how we set up but um yeah i'm not i don't necessarily agree with booing the manager just on that and before we go to the rest of the tweets uh, the, the the last email i had in was from john rolfe thanks john uh, the only thing in brussels uh, brussels i.e. russell's favor uh, is he ain't belgium uh, the late Orient pre-season friendly the orient supporters were saying how negative slade is and i think we are beginning to see how right they were uh, I, I wasn't aware. Does he does he have a reputation for being a, a negative manager? I've heard it said as well, um, but I've probably only heard the same sort of tweets that, that they have. But um, I don't know. Uh, certainly, my own point of view wasn't that. I thought he did quite well at Leyton Orient. I thought he did well at Cardiff last season. I think when he came in, I was very pleased. I don't know if that is just because of what we've had to put up with for the last three years and I was just relieved that we'd actually got someone who knew this league um, but he's someone that as I say I would like to see develop at this club and and grow at this club and learn at this club because I think he's a good manager um, the last few games do seem to have shown that he is slightly negative but as I say if he's got this theory of drawing away and winning at home if we can start to win those home games that will start to make sense it's just we need to make sure we're doing that half of it and that's not what we're doing at the moment because if that's his philosophy his away games are working exactly as he wants it's just the home games that aren't more tweets Lewis yes uh, London in at Giza he says um, we're ultra defensive it's pathetic Slade every week says it's a tough place to go it's nonsense mm. uh, well yeah <laughs> I mean yeah but on that I, I mean I, I sort of agree um, it's uh, you know again it's it, it's it's the difficulty of um, trying to um, look where we've been and come from as to where we are I guess uh, I mean you know if we're gonna if we're gonna get promotion we've got to win uh, games against the likes of uh, of Oxford, for example, because uh, you know teams that are flying high like Scunthorpe, 
uh, you come away and you think, okay, their their confidence is up. They play good football. We came away with a point, not great, but you know, games against uh, Oxford are, are the games I would imagine if you're serious about getting promoted. The games we should be winning. Yeah, mm. and that's what I said earlier in the show as well. I think. You know, if we don't call them Oxford, if we just call them Team B, they're a mid-table team. They've not done that great. Um, they're the sort of games we have to go out if we want to finish in those top two places and say, right, we're going to take control of this game. We're going to dictate how the game's played and we're going to go and win it. I completely appreciate why he played how he did at Scunthorpe because they were top of the league and lost at home in, in forever. They'd scored hatfuls of goals and conceded just once, I think, at home this season. So what he did there made perfect sense. But then I think you go to Oxford and it's a different team. It's a different... Uh, set up everything is different and actually what he's done is just pick the same side and that's where that was where it's frustrating because there was no flexibility in, in what Slade did until late on when he made those changes and as I say that was reactive because it only came in the wake of the Oxford goal Any more tweets? Uh, yeah we have um, we've got at Chart on Exile uh, two wins in nine league games a goal difference of one 16th in the division not good enough for any team in any league I think it's a little bit early well, I mean, but uh, you know, it's a stat that I, I, I read out a little while ago that um, you know somebody tweeted it's the worst start of any we've had in this in this division uh, at any time we've been in it, uh, which is a really interesting one, really, because uh, you know we've been we've been poor before, uh, and we're expecting to be better than we've been before, um, certainly in this league, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, I don't think we can compare what Chris Powell did because he ripped apart the side and 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 uh, and put it back together again, and we did hit the ground running. That's that's not normal, uh, and that's a testament to uh, Chris Powell, I guess, more than anything else. So, getting a new side, uh, rebuilding it completely, uh, and starting again, or maybe not completely, but you know what I mean. I think um, uh, may have taken its toll, and therefore we're not gelling as a team as much as as, as perhaps we should. That'll only uh, that'll only prove to be correct or otherwise if we um, if we get to the middle of the season we start um, winning every single game of course. What's exactly. this space? Yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, Seb Lewis tweeted in um, Leeds April 2015 was our last league penalty. That was Yoni Bayern's last penalty overall was Carlin in the League Cup Peterborough August 2015. Yeah, I don't think you include include the uh, penalty shootout and the checker trade, can you? Really? Not really. It's a shame. <laughs> I'm just having a quick look as well, just on the uh, the odds on promotion. Um, just because they tend to be fairly accurate. You've got Scunthorpe, Sheffield United, Bolton and Bradford are all up there um, and they're the top four places at the moment. But after that, the next three are Millwall, Charlton and MK Dons. Um, Millwall and MK Dons are only one point ahead of us and there we're then seen so as the fifth, sixth and seventh favourites for promotion. So, you know, as I say, odds don't tend to lie and we're all just sort of sitting in mid-table at the moment. So, you know... I, I guess class is permanent if we've got the right side we will come good and we will start to go up those places it's just a case of whether we do have that right side personally I think we do it's just a case of playing the right players in the right positions against the right opposition but uh, that would suggest that certainly people are backing us to, to do okay yeah I mean and it's not just about draws either when you look at it I mean if you look at the league table for example um, we've drawn five which is um, which is up there amongst the top but um, along with uh, Oldham who we play on uh, on Tuesday uh, along with Northampton, who are currently in fifth, and they they're up there because they've only lost one, not just because they've drawn five yeah. and they've won three. Bradford City are a classic example of that. They've drawn six, but they haven't lost any, and they've, well, yeah. and they've won. You, three, you look so. at Northampton. The only difference is they've got one more win, and ours is a loss. If we win that Wimbledon game where we were one 0 up and cruising, we're level on points with Northampton, and we're up in fifth place. 
when you look at it like that, it doesn't sound so bad. The point is that we didn't win that game. If we go out and we win the next two and we start to look at like a side that would have held on at that Wimbledon game, then that's a different story. Obviously, we can only reflect on what's happened so far. And those last two or three games, uh, Scunthorpe aside, because I understand why he said it that way, haven't been positive enough. But yeah, certainly that's an interesting point when you compare it. It's quite a good comparison to compare to Northampton, I think. Um, any more tweets about yeah, yesterday in particular? Yeah, we've got quite a lot, actually. Oh, um, for it. Them <laughs> off. Seb Lewis, he, he added, actually, yesterday, apart from their goal, uh, we looked dogged. We just lacked a little bit of quality going forward. The effort is there. Uh, and I, I agree with Seb. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of agree. I mean, I, I do think we are um, still, as, as bizarre as it sounds possibly, still a bit lightweight in midfield. I mm. think we, we get too easily beaten up a bit in, in midfield. Yesterday I thought was better, and I think Orvstad has, has, has proved to be the player that we were hoping he would be. The first one was a bit of a nightmare, um, but then mm. uh, since that game, I think he's been probably one of our best players. I really like the look of him. Yeah, yeah he looked really good yesterday. Easily, quickly becoming one of my favourite players yeah. that we've got this season. I just, I don't know what it is about him, but he just got some class on the ball and looks very calm in the middle. And yeah, I think it, it maybe did take him a game or a game and mm. a half just to settle in. But um, I think him again uh, alongside either Cross or Foley is fine. I just think all three of them. It's just too much, really. Do you think that, um, uh, if, bear in mind, we've got to have Olverstead in there, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think we are missing a real ball winner beside him. Mm. I mean, a real sort mm. of box-to-box, somebody who will we'll, um, we'll break up, play from the opposite, and give the ball to him so he can do stuff with it. Uh, I don't see us having that. I don't know whether that's Crofts. Um, I think Crofts is a very similar player to Olverstead in that respect. So I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, maybe drop Foley. I don't know. I, I don't know if you want Foley in there just to do the donkey work. And mm. let Overstead play because if you've got two players in there, does it mm. work? I don't know. Maybe it does. Is Johnny Jackson the ball winner? <sighs> Do we have any? Mm. I don't know. Uh, and that's what I, th- I seem to think we're, is is a bit of a missing link for us at the minute. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I have uh, in the games we've seen, I've seen both Foley and Crofts make those sort of tackles that we need and those big crunching tackles in their f- our fi- uh, sort of defensive third. Maybe it's just that they've not got the instructions right and they're not quite sure what that role is. But I think either of those are capable of doing that. Um, it's just, as I say, again, whether whether we set up to do that. But that's certainly, I think they could do it. Whether they're built to do it is, is something different. But obviously there's nothing we can do about that now until until January. So it's a case of, of making one of those players into, the, into that mould and, and quickly, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, it's, yeah, all of a sudden it's got to be a player that's going to stay in that 11. Because he's one, of those, he's one of those midfielders where if you take your eye off the game... He could, he could be just in front of the back four. You could turn around, say something to your mate, and then he'll be just mm. behind the striker. He's one of those players that's everywhere. And then, like we say, it's just it's getting that ball winner then to to sit with him. Do do we have that uh, in the background? I'd like to think so. I think I prefer Crofts to Foley in that yeah, sense. Same. Um, we've, we've, unfortunately, you know, there's Cashy there, and he's he's injured. <laughs> Will we see him again? Who knows? But he would be the ideal man, wouldn't he? Really time will tell on that one agreed more tweets before we move on to the uh, older one yeah um, we've got another one from Chris um, saying are we considered a big team in this league we're certainly not acting or playing like one (laughs) Um, we sort of touched on that earlier really didn't we in terms of personalities of you can't we we are yeah I mean we are we are a big team aren't we but it's a, it's a completely different. We're not, the only, we're not the only one. I mean, exactly. Um, when uh, Tom was reeling off the, the the odds and the betting, you know, Sheffield United, nobody can still quite grasp that they're still in, in League One. No. Uh, how does no. that happen? Uh, you've got Bolton now down there. Um, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, well, of course, us. 
uh, to a lesser extent Millwall um, there, there are some big names still in this in, in League One who all th- would probably look at themselves and think well hold on we shouldn't be here uh, so there's what four straight away before you then start looking at the uh, the up and comings like uh, um, Bradford City I mean you know the, the catchment and the, 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 the power they should have they shouldn't be there really um, yeah. and then you've got MK Dons who, who theoretically should be should have the power to get to, to be higher than they are so there's a number of clubs there that would uh, would would look at themselves and think they shouldn't be there either. Yeah, completely agree. And I think yeah. even if they're not a big team, I, I agree with um, with the people who are tweeting and saying people are going to look at Charlton as a massive club. Yeah. It, you know, we're down there for a reason. We haven't been good enough. We weren't good enough last season. But other teams that don't follow us every week, you know, it, it isn't in the long scheme of things that long ago that we were a Premier League side, really. Um, and people still look at that and they come to a massive ground and they want to impress and they are going to start to play up and that's why I think we have to try and take the game to them and, and try and boss it and not react to that and get nervous because other teams are coming and playing out of their skins against us I forgot to mention Coventry City but I don't think see, see them troubling mm, the, uh, the, the, higher, the higher leagues anytime soon and no. that's a real shame it is really sad it to is see really, really sad to see um, we've got a, an interesting one in from um, Tarek Smallman actually he says um, Charlton versus Cardiff on Boxing Day Peters versus Slade Slade's Cardiff played a very basic football Ours was a lot more exciting. Um, that game had one of the most positive atmospheres I've felt at the Valley since the QPR win with Chris Powell. I'm trying to remember that. Remember oh, that was that game. the one with Goodmanson Screamer in the last minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that might have uh, affected the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I thought no, we were really good in that game. They yeah. put it over the bar. Yeah, 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 like yeah. right at the end. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I do. We, were, we played really well in that game. We were all over them. Um, Bob wow. Luscombe's called you out here to a little oh, bit he said on, in Bob. terms of getting a, mid- a ball winning midfielder he said you're allowed to say his name we need a player like Scott Parker <laughs> shut up Bob <laughs> none of that um, and last well one tweet at the top here again from London Nick Giza this is three home games to come now surely anything less than nine points is unacceptable well when you look at who we're up against um, and we mentioned before we've got Oldham uh, on Tuesday night they're uh, third from bottom currently um, on, on eight points uh, we've got is it Rochdale I think yeah. Saturday yeah. Uh, Rochdale are, are only one point above uh, Oldham uh, currently in 19th and uh, who we got uh, the following Saturday no? Crawley, Crawley, Saturday. Crawley on the Tuesday Crawley on the Tuesday in the, yeah, in the cup well, yeah. that, that's not points is it so uh, no. that don't count but if we're on the back of two wins it's obviously a good Tuesday to of keep course. that momentum up which is a good thing the uh, next the, the other league game after that is Coventry City on yeah, the 15th obviously Millwall is off and they're bot- so yeah I suppose looking at those three you think you're thinking that there's points there for the taking We'll see. see what All three teams in the, in the in the in the lower reaches of the table. So uh, I get what everybody's saying. Yes, they, this is a barometer, isn't it? Uh, yeah, really is a barometer. The, ne- the next month is going to tell us a lot about this side, I think. And, and as I say, by then we're going to have played thirteen, fourteen games. You know, we're a third into the season. We can't be saying the table, you know, doesn't tell the truth at this stage. By then, we're well into the season. We're going to have an idea of what the team is. Slade's hopefully going to have a bit more of an idea of, of what his team is as well and what he expects from them. And then you know, come the end of no, uh, October, we can we can relook at it. But um, it's a busy it's a busy October as well, yeah, isn't it? Really, a lot of you games. It, take, I mean, the Millwall game's obviously been taken out of that. Um, but you've got those you've got those three home games. You've got Port Vale, who are, are doing quite well at the moment. They're up up in sixth place. You've got, you've got Gillingham away, uh, and then Chesterfield, who are one of the better sides in the mm. division. So that's a tough view before we end up on Sky. With Swindon, so oh, I forgot about the Sky one. Yeah, so but that, is, can that be called off? Is that someone saying to me that might? Yeah, what well, is that? Another international? Or can it not? Because it's on Sky. 
So someone said you can't call off call them off. Well, if they well no, the rules must still apply if there are if there are three uh, yeah, three so, internationals. Yeah. You can call the game, so it shouldn't yeah, matter. Don't subscribe so. <laughs> or not. Um, and there was an interesting uh, uh, email that I think came in the week. Um, is uh, is Bataka only has Bataka only been signed as the third <laughs> international? Yeah. So we can get games called off. Bataka is someone I'm, I'm kind of really frustrated with at the moment. Not him personally, but the fact that he's not getting starts. I called for it. Uh, I can't remember if it was pre-Fleetwood or pre-Wimbledon um, just because I wanted to see him in there uh, I think since he's come on in the past two or three games we obviously had those two late chances at Scunthorpe um, I thought yesterday he looked lively even though he didn't get much time I think why not start him why not give him a chance he is a bit a bit of a risk you know he's going to go one way or the other but at the moment it all seems to be fairly positive um, we saw what someone like Callum Harriet was like when his confidence was up and when he was getting games and the same with Bulo when he came back from African Cup of Nations and he, he's in that same mould so I'd love to see him play um, I think you know you could have him and Holmes quite easily or him and Lookman and I think we need certainly on Saturday for a home game or sorry on Tuesday for a home game we need to see two of those three wingers playing and we need to really go at, at Oldham because you would expect that they're going to be low on confidence. You know, they're third bottom, and, and we have to play for the win on Tuesday. Absolutely. And uh, <coughs> Matthias has uh, uh, emailed us. Thanks, Matthias. Hi, guys. Uh, a point, but needed to be all three. Starting to draw too many games now. We need to win against Oldham and Rochdale. Hoping uh, next week to see a big crowd, considering it's only a fiver. I hope to also see you guys when I come down to London. Yeah, let us know, Matthias. We'll be uh, we try and squeeze that in be if around. possible. It's a bit difficult here uh, because of the way the, uh, the studio set up now. It's now uh, it's uh, Maritime Radio, of course, are here. Um, when we're not so it's a little bit more tricky but uh, no uh, get in touch and we'll uh, hopefully be able to sort something out <clears throat> there were a couple of uh, emails that came in uh, which I want to mention before we uh, before we leave because uh, we've only got 15 minutes left I don't know where that's, uh, that's gone <clears throat> excuse me but uh, Matthew Smiles uh, emailed us in um, on Friday actually thanks uh, Matthew hi gents great podcast uh, never emailed before but just saw on Twitter that Diego Poye could sign for a Uruguayan club because of some local FA rules uh, the other week, Terry said that we were lacking a battling midfielder. Yeah, I'll say that again. Uh, they gave us the right to play football. Do you not think that Poyer can provide us with this? Granted, he was great when he uh, he wasn't great. Sorry, when he came back on loan last season. But every game I've uh, seen suggests that Poyer on a permanent. He's a free agent. <coughs> excuse me. So we could still sign him. Uh, would be a great signing. Is uh, uh, every, um, uh, every Lookman and Holmes would compliment JJ, in my opinion. Um, uh, thoughts and thanks for a great show that f- fills my commute in the morning. That's from uh, Matt. Thanks, Matt. What do you think? I'd, is it I'd, worth um, a punt? I, I, I don't see why not. I'd quite like to see him back. Um, it confused me a bit last year because he he played so well um, under Riga the first time and, and Chris Powell the first time. But then he came back again, obviously under Carroll. And but the, Riga came in and never really used him when when Riga came in the second time, and that that confused me. I don't really know why that was, but. I mean, we we know how good he was that season because he, he attracted the interest from the Prem and he made that move. It didn't work out for him, which is a shame. I, you know, I thought I thought he should have stayed here for a couple more years because um, he hadn't really had the half the season. But he won the Player of the Year in that season, so I'd I'd like him. I'd like it if he came back. I think he's definitely worth a punt. Slade can probably get the best out of him again. So uh, yeah, I don't see why not. There might be a couple of issues with that, though. I mean, other than the fact that you'd be taking a bit of a gamble, hoping that the the player that he was comes back. Mm. Uh, and it's, uh, it's strange that we're talking about this after the Oxford game, uh, uh, because it, that was when he made his debut, wasn't it, um, in the Oxford Cup game yeah. Yeah. a few years ago, and excelled. Um, but the other is his wages. I don't know what sort of salary he'd be on at West Ham, but it's probably considerably more than, he's, than he was getting here, uh, or likely to get here. So um, I don't know if that's an issue. Yeah, I, just, I don't know if he attracts any interest in the Championship now, because um, he had... He had a couple of loan spells, knew with Huddersfield, 
Well, it's strange that he hasn't already. MK Dons, and he, yeah, and and there's, he didn't do too much at MK Dons or Huddersfield. He didn't, you know, he didn't set the world like like he did for us. So maybe, you know, maybe he's had that knockback in his career. Maybe he needs needs to take that, drop down that level again to rebuild himself because he's still very young. There'd be no shame in him dropping to League One uh, at the age he is. And I think if any any club's going to develop him, we got a good good manager in Slade. Hopefully that'll be a move that can happen. But we'll see. I'm sure. I think if it was going to, it would have already been done, wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. And he, said a, he said a few things, hasn't he, about the regime? Well, yeah, yeah, that probably wouldn't have helped uh, his case uh, if he wanted to come back. I can't see it happening. I really can't. Um, another one here, which uh, is um, I'm going to answer um, probably uh, for these guys. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, this is from Steve Loveday. Thanks, Steve. Any chance you could get Russell or Kevin Nugent along to the studio to take part in a question and answer? Uh, something like they're doing uh, for the for the local supporters um, at the branches, I think. Uh, it strikes me your show would be a good venue for Q- uh, Q&A and a chance for supporters who don't live locally to take part in one by sending in questions. Football and team-related questions only about the team, not the regime, if you get my drift. Uh, thanks to you all for doing the show. I listen in when I can and enjoy hearing your, your take on things. And that's cheers, Steve. Uh, I know we've, uh, we've, we've tried to make that happen before, uh, on, even for previous managers, and, I'm, and forget about what's going on in the background. The, the only difficulty is uh, uh, we like to do this live and trying to get um, uh, a manager here on a Sunday is tough mm. <laughs> because uh, Sundays are their only day off, generally speaking. Well, and I'm sure they still go training. It's going to be especially difficult for, for Russell because I think he, he's still got his family in Wales, right. I believe. So um, he spends most of his uh, spare time that he's got travelling back to Wales to see his family. So I think that's even less likely. Uh, but Kevin Newton, we'll see. I mean, we are, we are hoping to do another a live sesh at some point or other so um, uh, keep, keep listening in we'll try our best to get something sorted it would certainly be a good I like the idea of doing absolutely yeah, getting yeah, questions yeah. in but um, yeah it's certainly something I'd like to see happen uh, if we are going to do something like that I, I suspect it might have to be a pre-record which, which is slightly more difficult to organise mm. and, and the questions don't you normally uh, they're normally better when you get questions Reacting. Based on an answer and yeah, reacting yeah. to an answer, uh, which can't happen if it's pre-recorded. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we've got uh, we've got ten minutes left, just over ten minutes left. We'll uh, obviously uh, answer any uh, or read out any tweets and, and emails that come in in the meantime. But uh, looking forward to the um, Olden game, if for, uh, looking forward is the word, uh, looking ahead might be better uh, to to the Olden game on Tuesday night. Um, he must you'd, you'd you'd expect him to to change the the, the formation, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Just just looking at their last. Four results. They haven't scored in their last three. Um, they've lost two and drawn two. Um, but yeah, we have to. We have to just go for it. Um, as I say, I would personally. I think you either go with sticking with four five one, but with two wide players, um, wide attacking players out of uh, Lookman, uh, Holmes, and Bataka. Or personally, I would like to see four four two because I think when Novak came on yesterday, that helped with McGuinness with his hold up play to have somebody supporting him as well. Um, I think if we've got two wide players, it'd be time to put a Jose back in because I think we've seen we've not really played to his strengths and that's why he's been struggling. I think if you put two wide players in and they're firing crosses in across that six-yard box, they're the chances he's going to gobble up and, and you know get his confidence back and get some goals. So personally, I'd like to see 4-4-2 with, with him back in and, and two wide, fast players on the wings. But yeah, certainly we can't be playing with the same 4-5-1 that we had yesterday. Well, we haven't played 4-5-1 at home yet, no. so I suspect it shouldn't I'd happen. be very surprised. But who would therefore you be your midfield for? Uh, so I would go, if it was me personally, I would rest Lookman, which I know will probably upset some people. I tend to um, agree, actually. I'd like to introduce him from the bench, um, and I'd have Holmes, Olverstad, Jackson and Bataka, and then I'd have a Jose and McGuinness up front. Um, and then I'd probably bring... 
uh, if Pierce is fit or you know if he answers those questions correctly um, <laughs> I'd bring him in because obviously Lennon will be suspended I'd bring him in with Bauer if not I suppose it'll be Esri because um, I can't imagine Rojo's going to get a run out he hasn't. So. He hasn't looked like to be figured, but no. uh, he might be on the bench though. However. Possibly, uh, yeah. Depending on uh, Tishera, because I understand he's been playing some okay. minutes right uh, Quite now. Nice so it would be, be nice to see, see Tex back. Yeah. Actually, agreed. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with that midfield? Uh, I would or? actually. I, I was going to say the exact same midfield for us, Tom. Um, I think if giving Lookman a rest would be a good idea. If not, maybe even put him up top with McGuinness and bring a Jose on because maybe Jose's lacking in confidence. Maybe he can come off the bench and do something, but. Mm. You know, we're crafting Lookman as this wide player now. Maybe it's best that that's what he is, and he is still young. So I think a rest on Tuesday will probably benefit well, him. Well, we've done it with Ezri, and the, the ages are similar. Yeah. So um, absolutely, it, yeah. it makes some sense to me anyway. Yeah. And I think you know we've seen the last two or three teams have set up expecting Lookman to start and and picking him out. I think if he's off, that for one throws them. But then to have two wide players to have to deal with, particularly with Bataka, who's perhaps a bit more of an unknown quantity, I think that hopefully would mean that Oldham would struggle to cope with that I'd, uh, I'd be tempted to play the skipper uh, yeah, in alongside yeah. um, Overstead yeah, um, with, uh, with, with the two wide players I mean Ricky Holmes you'd expect to start I've got a feeling that Novak will start up top with, uh, with McGuinness because um, uh, Novak was the one that came on rather than Nicky mm. Jose so yeah. I'm, I may be that uh, Russell's uh, thinking that Nicky's not quite I mean I, I would expect him to play in the checker trade almost certainly yeah um, and maybe come on if we're uh, if if we're comfortable let's hope so um, against uh, against Oldham but I get the feeling because um, um, Novak was the one that came on a sub yesterday yeah. that he'd be the one that uh, starts up has, um, has McGuinness missed a game since he came in I don't think so I can't I don't even remember him even coming off and if it was it was towards the end so did maybe even an argument for him being rested. Did he play I, in the checker trade? I can't remember. I'm not sure about that. But I think every league game. Uh, yeah. I think he's been fantastic uh, since he came in. But you could argue, you know, uh, Jose's uh, got quality at this level, undoubtedly. Mm. Him and Novak seem to be linking up well. Was it at Welling the first pre Well, yeah, I mean, pre-season so, generally they, they look like they, so, they were setting something up. You know, as I say, I'm not saying that McGuinness definitely needs a rest, but I think it, if he does or if he's looking a bit jaded, there's no harm in playing those other two either. No, and, and that we do have a, I wouldn't say a, a wealth of riches up top, but we do We've certainly got options. have, we have, certainly have options, options, no there. question about it. And I think uh, Adamola would probably prefer to play up top rather than mm. wide. Yeah. For sure, uh, McGuinness can play wide, can he? As well, does he play can wide he? for Northern Ireland? I swear, in the Euros, he was playing he wide right. for them. Yeah, doesn't necessarily strike. Me I don't think. Wide yeah, player. it wouldn't. To well, me, yeah, I, I mean, don't think it'd be. I'd think he's more effective in the middle because of because of his um, his strength and stuff. But I suppose it's an option, isn't it? Some, well, <laughs> we've got we're, up, we're up against an Oldham side that's only won two games all season, mm. um, and uh, they haven't won since uh, the twentieth of August. So they've they've not won in one two. What we're looking if you include the uh, the, the trophy football league one trophy, that's uh, seven games. I mean, we have two, three of those have been draws, but losing at home two not to Swindon, um, and uh, they've lost to Shrewsbury and uh, and lost to Carlisle in the in the league one trophy. Yeah, um, but so you know they're there for, as a side that uh, can't be overly confident either. So we need to maximise that, just, don't we? They just don't really score goals. I mean that that Carlisle game finished five four, but aside from that, it was they scored none against Swindon, none against Coventry, none against Chesterfield. They scored two against Shrewsbury, one against Old uh, against Bradford, then none against Preston, none against Northampton, none against Warsaw. So uh, and none against Millwall. 
and none against Coventry. I hate, <laughs> so, um, I hate, I hate oh, that was like the that. end of last yeah. season. So, yeah, <laughs> obviously, you say that they come here and they score in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, they but will. they're not. They're not a team that score hatfuls of goals either. If they do go and score three against us, fair play to them. But you know, if Russell's looking at that, he's thinking, right, let's attack them. Let's get ourselves a couple of quick goals because if we do, chances are they're not going to get back into it. But we have to make sure that when we get that first one, we don't sit back. We go for that second one because we're a team that are trying to push for, for getting out of this league as soon as we can. Agree with that 100%. I don't know. Uh, I've got no more emails coming in. I don't know if you've got uh, uh, more tweets that, uh, the tweets. that, that we can pick up on before, before we leave. We've got uh, roughly about uh, three and a half minutes uh, of the show left. On the team selection, us. actually, um, at Forever CAFC, he said he can't see Slade dropping Crofts. Which... Um, no, I can't either. To be fair, but no. um, that doesn't mean I, I don't think it should happen. But um, but I'd like to see. Overstead's uh, we, a given. We're, we're both saying that, yeah. aren't we? Uh, we're and and then Jackson's obviously going to be. Uh, well, you'd, you'd expect Jackson, but if he's uh, if he's not going to drop cross, I'd, if the, it'd worry me that we're not strong enough in the centre two. If 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 he doesn't, I want the skipper there. He's he's good for a goal at this level. We saw it last time we were down here. He's already got what three this season. Um, I think we need him there. I think Olverstad can be the creative player. He's obviously got more legs, but Jacko in the middle there, that experience is just invaluable and he, he looks like he's settled into this level very, very quickly again. So um I can't I I, I don't I agree that Slade perhaps you know, does like Crofts and Foley, but for me I'd drop them both and, and stick Olverstad and Jacko in there myself. Uh, I'd agree with that hundred percent. Um I'd, but as that tweet suggests I'm not entirely yeah. sure it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, which um uh, you know, um, you mentioned before, Cross uh, is capable of getting stuck in and, and sticking a foot in, yeah. and uh, I think that's something he'll, uh, he'll almost certainly have to do yeah. um, if he is if he is picked. Now, uh, I was going to read this out. I mean, I mentioned about the boring Mister. Uh, um, uh, what was his name? Oh, I can't can't remember his name. Now. Circum. Circum Liam Circum uh, in 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 the program. There was another one in the program which I I sort of decided not to read um, <laughs> because of its content. But if you were at the Oxford game yesterday. Uh, just go to page, uh, if you bought the programme, uh, go to page 51. There's a, th- there's a thing on it by Chris Williams, Off the Ball. It just has to be read to be really understood. I, I think even me reading it out probably wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, come across as, as quite as bizarre as it is. But uh, if you've got that programme, I urge you to read uh, the Chris Williams' Off the Ball section. It's a corker, an absolute corker. Uh, right, that's probably us done and dusted, uh, gentlemen. Thanks, uh, Tom, for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, Terry. Uh, and uh, um, Lewis as well, thank you uh, for coming in. Appreciate, no problem, Tom. Appreciate all your, your calls. Sorry about the, uh, the technical issues in the beginning. Um, yeah, I think it's ongoing <laughs> until, until we get our studio back. Uh, but uh, that's not to say that Maritime aren't superb and, and you should carry on listening to Maritime Radio. We're here live on Maritime Radio, which is an absolute joy. So uh, appreciate all, uh, all your uh, contributions. Uh, thanks for listening. Take care. We'll be back uh, on Thursday for the preview show. I think Tom, are you in Should again? Should be. Yeah, I'll be here. Good, good. Tom's in on uh, on Thursday, and then Nathan's back as well. Nathan, oh, because he's on his holiday, isn't he? Yeah. Should be back. Uh, and so uh, Thursday show as usual, and then we'll be back next Sunday. I won't be. I'm at the uh, I'm at Wembley for the NFL, so uh, I'm not here next Sunday. But I'm sure there'll be loads of uh, loads of people crammed in the studio next Sunday. So uh, keep it here on Charlton Live. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. And the night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 